good morning to you. I trust you had a good night's rest. <clears throat> Unless maybe you're in the Philippines, I trust you had a good day. It's almost 8 o'clock at night and you're ready to turn in, taking rest for the night. We're in John chapter 8 today. Just as a reminder, the Celebration Church in Thomasville is reading through the Gospel of John. And um, I want to invite you to do the same. Hey, me, Mom. So John chapter 8 today, I want to read just like a, a few verses, make a few comments. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. You go, stop! You said that like two or three times already in the last week. Yeah, like it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, you know, different times of life and seasons of life, even the day of the week will change. And I'll read something that just, you know, grabs me and um, motivates me and sometimes convicts me. So this story about the woman taken in adultery does all. It, it encourages me, it motivates me, it convicts me, it challenges me. John 8 begins and says like this, Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. Remember yesterday in John 7, he was in the temple, and they were trying to kill him, trying to take him to kill him because he claimed to be God. So he's in the temple early in the morning, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. I was caught. We caught this woman. In the very act, imagine that. They just happened to catch this woman in the very act. Now Moses and the law, they said, commanded us that such, this woman caught in adultery, actually the such would be the woman and the man caught in adultery. Can you say, and the man? It's always puzzled me, where was the dude? You know it takes two to commit adultery. Where was the guy? Anyway, so it says we caught her in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? So Moses said if a person is caught in adultery, they should be stoned. Now, now what do you say about that, Jesus? This, they said, tempting him, trying to trap him, trying to entangle him, that they may have to accuse him. So they really weren't interested in this woman. They really weren't interested in true holiness and justice. They were interested in trying to trap Jesus. So they said, Moses said, stone. What do you say? Because in their heads, in their heads, they're thinking, okay, because they're trying to trap Jesus. If Jesus says, yes, fulfill the law, then where is his mercy? Where is his grace? Where is his compassion? Where is his love? Where is his forgiveness? If Jesus says, ah, let her go, then he's a violator of the law. So either way, they had him trapped. So they thought, lesson number one. You cannot trap Jesus. <laughs> so when they continued, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jesus stooped down, 
with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up the, off the ground. So Jesus stoops down, writes on the ground. Now, some people believe, I don't know, some people believe he was uh, writing down their sins on the ground. I don't know. Some people believe he was, uh, hey, Mark, some people believe that maybe he was writing part of the law. I don't know. That's speculation. Some people believe, some people believe that Jesus was writing down on the ground the women that those guys had committed adultery with. We don't know. All we know is Jesus stooped down with his finger, began writing on the ground, and they kept asking him, and Jesus kept writing as if he didn't even hear them. It's almost, he wasn't, but it's almost like he was blowing them off. So, when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast first a stone at her. Now, so Jesus stands up, and we know that everybody sinned, right? So Jesus stands up and says, Okay, whoever among you has no sin, you cast the first stone. And again, now some believe that Jesus was saying, Whichever among you have not committed this particular sin, I don't know. It is interesting, though. Nonetheless, he said, whoever is without sin among you, those that are accusing her, let him first cast a stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. <laughs> he did it again. Can't you just read their minds? They were probably ticked off. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, because they knew that they were not sinless, went out one by one beginning by the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Now, some believe that the oldest left first because the younger ones were kind of deferring to him. Uh, some believe that the oldest, just by being the oldest, had more sin in his life, and so he was convicted by his own conscience, dropped that rock and got out of Dodge, if you know what I mean. Uh, we don't know that speculation, but they all dropped their stones and they all left. Jesus is left alone with this woman. She's standing. When Jesus had lifted up himself, now he stands, saw none but the woman. He said unto her, woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? She said, no man, Lord. Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Isn't that an awesome passage of Scripture? I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Since I've been doing the last week or so, I have my little journal. I keep my journal out. I encourage you to do that. Just read a Scripture and whatever pops in your head. A lesson from the Lord, just jot it down. So just real quick, I'm not going to elaborate. Let me give you some thoughts here this morning, okay, from this awesome passage. And there are more. You have more thoughts than I do. Um, thought number one, all have sinned. We know that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These guys brought a woman in who was sinning, and yet they had sinned. So 
lesson number one is all have sinned. Lesson number two, don't be so quick to expose other people's sins publicly. Hey, Doris. Hey, Joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Joy. Y'all don't get that, but Joy gets it. So number two, don't be so quick to to expose other people's sin publicly. Number three, Jesus has been accused of not taking sin seriously, but he did take sin seriously. Remember, they brought her in and they said, this is a woman, caught her in adultery, taken in the very act. Now, a lot of people, including me, believe this was a setup. I, I, I'm convinced this was a setup. Like they just happened upon a woman that was committing adultery, and then they drag the woman in and don't drag the man in. Like, you know, what's up with that? Nonetheless, there are people that believe and teach that Jesus was soft on sin. No, no, no. Remember, they tried to trap Jesus. So what Jesus actually did was Jesus fulfilled the law because the law that they partially quoted, the law that they partially quoted demands that the accusers of the sin participate in the process more than just accusing of the sin. So these men that accuse this woman must participate in the process. So what Jesus did was, Jesus kind of went, South Georgia, I, I, you want me to fulfill the law? Okay, then you're going to be the one to stone her. But he added something. But before you stone her, if you don't have sin, then you stone her. So if you don't have sin in your own life, you qualify to stone her. So all right, go ahead, go ahead, stone her, fulfill the law. Well, then they got convicted by their consciences and dropped their rocks. Lesson number six. Jesus gave this woman another chance. It's the same thing I've, I've been teaching in Celebration Church on Sunday mornings. We're in the, the book of Jonah. How God gave Jonah another chance. And I'm talking to some people right now that God has given you another chance. Just like Jonah had another chance. We should rejoice a second, a third, and a fourth chance. So Jesus gave this woman another chance. So the end game is this. I, I know there's lots of nuggets in there, and I know I'm leaving out some and missing some. So Jesus tells the woman, because there are no accusers. He didn't condemn her. He did not condemn her. Jesus said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, Jesus is not soft on sin. So remember, we started the Gospel of John last week. John chapter 1, just think about this. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word, follow me, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of of grace and truth. The word full there is a Greek word <clears throat> which is used sometimes or was used sometimes um, to describe, you know, back in the day they would preserve the meat by salting it down real good and the salt would get permeated into the meat and it would preserve the meat before refrigeration. 
And then when they would salt the meat and the meat would, per the salt would permeate the meat, they would say something like, the meat is full of salt. The meat has been permeated with salt. That word full was used sometimes to describe a sailing vessel that had the sails up and the wind would be caught in the sail and the wind would push the sail and the wind with the full sail full of wind would take the sailing vessel the direction that the wind was blowing they would sometimes say that the sail is full of wind that's the word that's used here Jesus was full Jesus was permeated with grace and truth. Do you see that? This is the perfect story in all the New Testament that lays out before us how Jesus was full of grace and truth. He was full of grace. I don't condemn you, but he was full of truth. Now go and sin no more. See, Jesus was not soft on sin, but Jesus was hard on grace and truth. So I confess to you, much of my life, uh, guess, guess which of the two, grace and truth, guess which of the two I have a more tendency to follow after? Truth. And so when the tendency is to follow more after truth, our tendency is to be more rigid and more stern and less loving and less compassionate. On the other hand, if we have grace but no truth, it's more like a sloppy agape where we're just, you know, we, we don't take sin seriously. Jesus was full. He was the perfect picture of a marriage of grace and truth. And so that's what I want to encourage you with today. If we're to be followers of Jesus, we're to emulate the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's strive today and all the days, but let's strive to be full, permeated, with grace and truth. So watch this. The chapter begins. Jesus goes back in the temple early in the morning. He's teaching. These guys brought this woman in here. You you know, kind of got him diverted a little bit, but it really didn't because Jesus was able to teach them. He was able to model before them grace and truth. So then um, this incident is now over. It's now over. Let me find it here in my Bible app. It's now over. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then verse 12, the next verse says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. <sighs> he that goes on following me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you see what Jesus did? Jesus was teaching. They brought this woman. Jesus did not condemn her. He married grace and truth with the way he ministered to her. Then he pointed it all back into himself. That's what we're to do, child of God. Everything that happens today, turn it around. Flip it. Can y'all say flip it? Flip it. Flip it. Whatever happens to you today, turn it around to Jesus. Whatever opportunities come your way today, turn it around to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. There's no hope. There's no hope for mankind outside of Jesus. Hey, have a great day. I might just see you in the morning.